Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Good evening out there in progressive land. And good evening to my podcast listeners, the Team PSP, Property Sourcing Profit Specialist, Property Profiteers, anybody out there in property, profiting land who wants any tips, anything at all, I'm with you now live. I'm live into the progressive community and um, I want your questions. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know how I can help you. Property, business, life, whatever it is that I can help you with, deal packaging. You know, let's talk deal packaging. What are the issues that you're finding out there? Because I'm actually doing deals. I don't have to say expected profits. I don't have to give guesstimates of what's going on. We uh, concluded a deal this week with an investor. And um, it's quite a tidy deal. So there's going to be, I'm going to keep it very vague deliberately, but the numbers are in the region of, it's going to be a five-bed all-en-suite, five-bed all-en-suite HMO in Peterborough somewhere. All-in costs around 22230 We'll be doing some refinancing on that. And it should net between 13 and £1,400 a month. Really, David, that sounds quite a lot. Well, yes. And how do I know? Because we've done it before. I know. Well, I've done it before. We're actually doing it in that area of Peterborough. So we know exactly what the room demand is and what the uh, room rent rates are. We know that we'll be able to fill those rooms and we know we'll be able to serve the investor. So how cool was that? There was handshakes and hugs all around during the week and that's gone to legals and that's going through. So if anybody's joined us and they've got a question, I'm all yours. I can talk about anything you want to talk about. Jenny McKinty's on the call. Um, I loved, I loved Shazzy's. Good evening, Craig. I love Shazzy's, Shazzy's response to uh, Jenny about the um, capital allowances issue. If we're sourcing service accommodation units, capital allowances is a really powerful tool that we can talk about to investors. It's kind of I nearly said icing on the cake. It's much more than that. I mean, I wouldn't lead with capital allowances, but when you get to the point that an investor is all in and they bought into serviced accommodation as a possible strategy for their investment property, then capital allowances is kind of a nuclear button you can press and you can't put them in the promised land because it's a long and tortuous journey. But, you know, if we can buy something for a hundred, a couple of hundred grand, Maybe we could. We're going to use it, commit it for service accommodation. Maybe get, as we go down the road, uh, bricks and mortar type valuation of what, 70% of the value. So um, in due course, maybe based on bricks and value, we can get 140 grand out. So we got 60 grand left in the deal. Everybody's with me, I think. What if we could get 60 grand out in capital allowances? So for future tax payments... You know, you could offset your marginal rate, any tax you've got to pay over the next couple of years. So, you know, in theory, kind of a no money left in sort of deal. Very, very powerful. What else can we talk about? Did a fabulous, fabulous news from an investor who found me through the podcast. I mean, where do you find investors, right? You find them everywhere. That's what happens. So this particular gentleman rang me 
and uh, he rang me at home. And my home number rang, my home phone, very unusual. I mean, I rarely use it, to be honest, because we all use mobiles, right? Uh, home phone, and it said, well, it was unavailable, and I never answer the phone where it says not available, or was it a bit number abroad? What is it, the term that they use? Anyway, I picked it up. I don't know why I picked it up. I just picked it up. And the little voice the other end, um, you don't know him, so I can do the little voice. A uh, little voice the other way. Hey, is that David C? That, yes, yes, it is. Uh, well, I just want to know that you want you to know that I've, uh, I don't really know you, but I've listened to your podcast. I thought, here we go. You know, who could this be? Right. Could be anyone, right? Love my podcast. <laughs> love my podcast listeners, but you know, who's, who am I going to get on the phone? Ringing me at home, you know? Um, <laughs> so I was a little bit careful and suddenly it all came out and, um, what a lovely guy. What a lovely man. He wanted to invest in property, and because he heard the podcast, he is not a progressive person, so he's not going to be watching this this evening. He's not a progressive person. Because he listened to my podcast, he's you know, looking at investing through progressive let sourcing, who I'm working with now, and uh, that's all going to work really, really well. So, Lee, let's so we've got a question, team. So the question from Lee is, how long would you say it takes to get a deal packaging really flowing I've got a few, but I want more. Ha ha. Okay. So, um, how long's a piece of string, Lee? How long is a piece of string? Depends who you're working with. So, um, you and I have spoken on the phone. Depends on the geography as well. Depends what you're sourcing. I think the quickest way you can get your deal packaging business moving is finding investors. Finding investors is the way, because it, it, it just short circuits everything. So if you've got investors that want to buy your deals, you can just go shopping. But the important thing is you've got to qualify them as an investor. So when is an investor an investor, right? So the gentleman who rang me on the phone, let's go through that process. The gentleman who rang me on the phone, um, I needed to find out who he is and what he does, what his income is roughly, you know, um, has he got funds available? Is he going to be a cash purchaser? Are we going to leverage? Are we going to get mortgages involved? There's nothing wrong with buying on a mortgage. Absolutely nothing wrong. Easier for us, Lee, if we work with cash investors because it's easier for us, right? Um, so, is he a cash investor? If he's not a cash investor, then you have to get your power team on board. You have to get him in front of virtually, not necessarily face-to-face, -face, uh, a really experienced, clued up, Pro, uh, property broker, mortgage broker, who he can sit in front of. We had Michael Primrose on here uh, a little while ago. He may still be on here. So um, you've got to find, right. The key to getting your deal flow is getting investors. There are hundreds of deals out there, hundreds of deals. But if you get investors and you qualify them and you make sure they're serious and they sign your terms and conditions if you're working with terms and conditions, right? And they send you proof of funds. Hey, Mr. Investor, we've had a couple of meetings now. We're getting on really, really well. Um, you know, I think we're going to be able to work together. Here's the thing. I know exactly what you're looking for now. I know what your criteria are. I know what you're trying to achieve. I know what your wishes, goals, aspirations are. I know what your, your numbers are. I know what return you want on your capital, right? I am going to go out shopping. But here's the thing. There's a good book says, seek and ye shall find, right? So what's going to happen, Mr. Investor? I'm going to go out there and I'm going to find something, exactly what you want. So here's what I need from you. 
I need proof of funds. Where is it? On my phone. I need proof of funds on my phone so that when I'm in with one of my state agent friends and we find the deal that fits you, right? And I know what fits you. I'm not going to bring you something that doesn't fit you. If I find the deal that fits you, what I can do is I can email the, the proof of funds from my phone to the estate agent I'm talking to while I'm still in their office. That's pretty powerful, Lee. There's not many deal sources or deal packages do that, right? So that's what you need. You need investors. You don't need many. You know, you've got three or four, six or eight. It's bountiful, right? Who you've qualified, who you've met with, who you know what their goals, dreams, aspirations are. You know what money they got. You know, have they got money? Have they got the money? Um, it helps. So, yes, I know you can do property with no money down and all that sort of thing. But as deal packages, we want to work with people who've got the money. We do. And there's trillions and trillions and trillions of pounds out there. I read the other day that the communal savings, if I can put it in those terms, of UK citizens in London and the southeast, just London and the southeast of England, their communal wealth put away in building societies and stocks and shares and stuff like that, is, let me get this right, five trillion pounds. Five trillion. Uh, in the UK as a whole, I believe the total was 12 trillion pounds. That's a lot of noughts, right? So you can't tell me the cash isn't out there, right? We have to go mining for the cash. So um, you want the deal flow and you want more? The best way to do it is to find people with the money or who are mortgageable, Lee, who want to buy your deals. And you're working in quite a um, high-value area. I believe you're working in Bournemouth or Southampton, that area. So there are opportunities there, but you've got to look at things where you're going to add value. So I'm not quite sure where you're shopping, uh, but Bournemouth, Bournemouth's pretty high. Bournemouth's a strange place. So it's a wonderful place to invest. If you want capital growth, Bournemouth is great. And... Why wouldn't an investor want capital growth? I know a lot of investors go north, right? Because, and I did this, I'm going to come back to that. A lot of investors go north to look for cash flow, right? Because, you know, the deposits are smaller because the property prices are lower. Uh, the cost of entry is lower. The cash yields, the yields appear to be higher. So if you go to, I don't know, Darlington, Doncaster, any town in the north that begins with a D, uh, you're going to find yields at 8 to 12%, depending on which part of the town you're in. Okay, you're not going to find that in Bournemouth, you're not. But here's the thing. I went to Manchester in 2004, and with my business partner, we bought over 50 houses. And then cash flow fine, especially when the interest rates came down 2008. Where's the hand? There you go. Interest rates came down 2008, and, uh, you know, we're a couple of percent over base. What, 2.5, 2.75 we're at now. We were at 5, 6% in 2006, right? Uh, so they cash flow. And cash flow's fine because cash flow will pay your bills. Cash flow might get you out of a job. Cash flow might get you over, over any unexpected bumps. But cash flow's not going to make you wealthy, team. You need capital growth over time to make you wealthy. Bournemouth. Give me five. If I bought five houses in Bournemouth instead of 51 in Manchester, I'd be in a completely different place today. Now, I'd have had to manage the cash flow 
or use my education, in those days I wasn't really educated, use my education to boost the returns. But if I bought five houses in Bournemouth in 2004, I don't know the numbers. You may know, Lee, maybe drop me a message in here. Uh, how much of those houses gone up in Bournemouth since 2004? They've definitely doubled. Have they gone up another 50% on top of that? Probably. The, the issue I've got with my stuff in Manchester is uh, 2007 was a peak. It dropped only now in 2019. Fingers at the same level is what I'm after. That way. Okay. Um, property prices are back where they were in 2007. You know, that's what I'm seeing. So, uh, Lee, your offer is fantastic for investors because you can make them wealthy. They don't even have to do anything. Just buy the house and board it up. You don't want to worry about tenants. Don't want to put tenants in there or guests or get involved with multi-let. Just board it up. Go away for 25 years. When you come back, that house will have gone up two, three times. Right Now, obviously, nobody's going to do that. But it's part of your pitch. It's part of your business, who you are. So I love Bournemouth. Bournemouth's going to make people really, really wealthy. Jenny's asking, what systems do you use in your deal packaging business? Okay, so thank you for the question. You're asking the wrong person, really. Not the systems guy in, in the business. This is what we teach on the training. Katie Wilson is sort of stepping into that area now. She's the systems girl and she can get all that sort of stuff done. So in terms of monitoring your business, running your business, managing leads, managing investor details on a daily basis, uh, we are now on the deal packaging training talking about Podio managed by Zapier and then using MailChimp to email, right? So is Podio Zapier MailChimp, okay? And she showed me her stuff, I mean, and she set it up for me and she sets it up for the other delegates who come on our deal packaging training. So, um, you know, that stuff works and she outsources everything. So she's got a, um, a virtual assistant. Uh, she's got a couple, hasn't she? But she's got one in the UK who does all the direct mail. Katie's very, very strong on direct mail. I love direct mail. Direct mail works, team. If you're looking for deals, direct mail works. So uh, we manage all of that as well. Jenny, if you want the details of that, Marcus can, has got all those details on his USB. If he hasn't got them, I'll update it for them and uh, I'll update it for you and you can have a look. Bobby, good evening. Yeah, not one Easter egg for me, Bobby. I'm, I'm on the... Um... <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say. Yeah, I can say. I mean, Rob Moore's Body Transformational Group. Okay, so some of us have had less transformation than others. I think that's fair to say, you know. But I'm in it just because... I wanted to lose some weight. So I had my over 60s health check thing and it was fine, but all my levels were a bit higher than they should have been. So, so I'm on that. So yes, Bobby, let's have a look. What's your question? Bobby says, I am selling off due to section 21. Do section 21, Bobby? Why would you sell off due to section 21? And the corrupt politicians and migrate. Oh, oh uh, right. What's your advice, please? I would take, okay. If you're going to live in the US, I would definitely use sunscreen. It's the best uh, advice I can give you. You know, 20 years from now, Bobby, you'll thank me for that. Um, keep yourself out of the sun. Uh, I am selling off due to Section 21 and the 
politicians. Okay, we've all, yeah, we're all in that space. Migrating to the US. Well, if you've got to go, Bobby, you've got to go. There's nothing wrong with going to the US. I love the US. Uh, I've holidayed there a lot. What's my advice? Well, be investing in the USA. I can't, I can't advise you. It's not something that I've ever done. I suppose in very broad, general terms, right? Go to the safe havens for your money. So, New York's got to be safe haven for your money in solid, solid areas. But they're going to be expensive, right? Don't buy cheap. I think in the States, I would not buy cheap. There's plenty of places out there that are cheap, and I suspect those houses are going to be, in some areas, choosing my words carefully, you're going to get troubled tenants and they're always going to be cheap. So, Bobby, look, it's not something I can advise you with. It's not something that I do. I wish you all the very best. Um, there's no reason to sell up because of Section 21. I'm wondering if you mean Section 24. That's a different game. But uh, the recent changes to Section 21 wouldn't worry me at all. Oh, good question. Best strategy for cash flow in Brighton and Hove. Yes, we are old Brightonians, aren't we, Sheldon? You went through the body transformation. Not Rob Moore's, but you did. You did great. Um, I hope you're still in target. Best strategy for cash flow. You've got to add value, Sean. You've got to add value. So the people I know in Brighton who are doing well, there's two or three things, right? Uh, service accommodation, be careful. Be careful because it is very seasonal if you get sucked into that world, right? So only do service accommodation. We have to add yield to make properties work in Brighton because it's very high cost of entry, okay? Um, where I live, round the corner from I live, where I live, there's infilling going in everywhere. All garden sites, all garden sites are being infilled now. So if you can find anything with a garden that is accessible and you might get vehicular access to it, uh, that's a way of adding value. Uh, Multilet is difficult because it's Article 4 in Brighton. However, I do have friends who are doing it as you move out west, the other side of Portslade into Southwick. That is not Article 4. And uh, this particular house that they've done it on uh, fitted very well. It's got almost instantaneous access onto the old Shoreham Road, which is a main thoroughfare uh, into town. That works really well. The other thing I'm I'm very hot to trot on, Sean, doesn't matter where you are in the country, but certainly work in Brighton, is mixed-use properties. That is where I would focus if I was working in Brighton today. Shops with rooms or flats above. Shops with rooms and flats above. Because um, I'm not sure if it's now a good time to go into this. Oh, why not? A little bit advanced. You're right to have a little bit advanced, team. This is what I'm finding, Okay. Retail is pretty stuffed wherever you go. You know, the secondary and tertiary retail sites are struggling wherever you go. So there are certainly all over Brighton because Brighton retail shops, uh, they just wander from one side of Brighton all the way through the city centre and out, you know, to, through Hove and out to Portslade that way. And, there's, you know, there's shops everywhere. I would seek out an empty shop with flat or flats above. I would spend some money on the flats above, right? I would turn that into serviced accommodation. It's already a commercial unit. So this is a commercial unit. Uh, I would hope that the capital allowances hadn't been taken out of it. 
Uh, you can buy those relatively cheaply now. You're not going to get it for nothing but in Brighton and Hove, but you know, you might find a landlord who's an individual whose shop's been empty for a year. They've been paying the business rates. There's not a sniff of getting a retail tenant, right? And once they've had it over a year, in, in some authorities are, are doubling up the business rate, Sean. So I would look at that. Maybe Portslane might be a good place to have a look at this. So you've got a shop, you've got a flat that you've refurbished above. How much is a stamp duty? So we all know, right, if we're buying investment properties, uh, houses that the stamp there's a three percent sort of supercharge on the regular stamp whatever the regular stamp is for residential houses we pay three percent above you all know that does any of you watching this know how much uh, stamp you pay on mixed use i.e you know a shop with rooms above so uh, i didn't know but i know now up to 150 grand it is zero you don't pay any stamp at all from 150 to 250, it's 2%. So you pay two grand on the next 100,000. So if you find a quarter of a million pound building, Sean, then you're going to pay two 2,000 pound stamp duty. I think that's really, really good. Then you get anyone who can mist up a mirror into the shop because you don't want to pay the business rates from the shop. You don't. So anyone. So I've just done that. I've done this on a building further down the coast. I own the building right further down the coast i had all sorts of interesting people wanted to take the shop i had a man who was setting out on his retail journey doing mobile telephone accessories and requisites don't know how that was going to fly uh, i also had a gentleman wanted to do hydroponics for those keen gardeners amongst us hydroponics out there but ultimately, we went with a um, news agent who was actually long established and was losing their premises. And uh, our premises weren't entirely ideal, but we did a deal and they're in. So I've got somebody in the shop. I've then, I am using the upper parts for serviced accommodation. Now, I have no lending on there at the moment, but I actually spoke to Michael Primrose. Where we messaged each other about it. This is the building, Michael, if you're still on, about it. Uh, I've got a true proven track record now because this has been going on for a year. Uh, I can get most of my money out on a bricks and mortar basis. We're not valuing the business at this point. And um, then we've got the murky world of capital allowances to go into. So um, I've been talking with James Nazir about this building. Uh, we talked a few times about it. It's not clear whether I can make a claim. Uh, I think I'm going to be able to make a claim. Uh, if I'm leaving 60 grand in, can I possibly hope and expect that I'm getting the thick end of 60 grand out through capital allowances, right? I don't know, but um, that's something I would look at. So Sean, you asked me the question, best cash flow strategy for Brighton and Hove. That's where I would start. Let's have a look. We've got a few more questions creeping in now. Joey, good evening, Joey. Hi, David. I am eager to meet investors, but don't know where to start. Any tips? Yes. Why don't we start here? Start here in the progressive community, Joey. And the best way that you can become known is participate in the progressive forum. Uh, and I like the progressive forum because it's a safe environment. The admin are very strong here right? So you're not going to get knocked and bashed about a bit. There's some other forums out there in the property world uh, that are not quite as cuddly and warm as Progressive. I think Progressive do a great job policing this forum. You're always going to get support or guidance. No one's ever going to sort of have a snipe at you. But out there, you know, there's other forums where the unhappy people live, right? 
uh, could be different. Could be different. So, Joey, what I would do is start. If it, I don't know, I don't know where you are in your journey. But if you're at the beginning, I'm going to assume you're at the beginning, Joey. Talk about your journey. Diarise your journey. Talk about what you're doing. If you're going to an estate agent, take a picture. You don't have to video. You don't have to do live. If if that's um, at the moment sounds a bit um, taxing, take a picture outside a, an estate agent. This is me. I'm going into an estate agent. Go in. Put your arm around your friendly estate agent. Take a selfie. Bang, bang. Here's me. Talk to my best friendly estate agent. We're looking at stuff. Um, and go and do some viewings, right? Post the smelly stuff. People love seeing the smelly stuff. Post the deals that don't work properly. People will support you on your journey because it's not a straight line, right? We don't all just succeed day one like that. You know, you've got to go through the peaks and the troughs. People love to see the peaks and the troughs because it's their journey, right? They want to share it with you. So that's something I would do. The other thing I would do, Joey, is uh, go to network meetings. Yeah, I know this is a well-trodden path. But in fairness, that's what I did because I didn't have Facebook when I started. I didn't. I didn't have a Facebook account until I actually came to Progressive Property. How weird, right? Uh, but, you know, I thought it was for posting your dinner and uh, I wasn't very interested in that. You know those pictures of feet when people are on holiday? You know, they post their feet. I wasn't really interested in that. I didn't realise the power of it for your business. So, Joey, Facebook, tell your story. Go to network meetings. I don't know where you're based. Uh, you could be anywhere, but there's going to be property network meetings near you. Hopefully, there'll be progressive property network meetings uh, near you. Diarise your journey. Join the conversation on progressive. Uh, even if you just say, you know those pictures where other people do deals, Joey, just jump on and say, yay, great deal, well done. I'll be doing that soon. All that sort of stuff. It, wor it works, Okay. Go buy an area or go shopping anywhere the investor wants to put their money, including working with another saucer. Working. Right. Uh, so you need, John, you need to specialise in your area. I know where you're based, your sort of whiz beach and surrounding areas. Great single let opportunities in and around. You've got a good product. You've got a good product where you are based. Okay. Working with another saucer, you touched me touch my heart because this is this is a vision that i've been working on for a couple of years with the deal packaging community at progressive anyone that's done our training right i bang on about working together because we're stronger together so we have uh sources that are working in the north of england and we have sources that are working in the south so if lee smith's still on he's based in bournemouth he's got high cost of entry but high capital investment but high capital growth properties however he might want to link up john why not with you in Wisbeach? because you can find something really really lettable single let buy to let bought the right way in 2019 right uh you can get something for 90 100 grand that will you know a tidy eight nine percent yield we can do a little bit of a cosmetic refurb get a reval about the 125 lark you know this is buy refurb refi that's what i'm talking about for investors investors love that john so i would say both here's what i would advise you to do beef up your area talk about your area it works right and then form alliances with people you're going to meet on my deal packaging training i'm still i'm still chasing you john i am can't keep saying no forever 
once you get in the room, you'll meet all the other people and you can put alliances together. And then you can have like a menu, a menu of the offer that you can make to your investors. So you can get 12% yield in the north of England. You can work with Sean Tool, who's now looking feverishly for retail units with rooms above in Brighton to get massive yield and capital growth because it's in Brighton. You can have a phone call with Lee Smith in Bournemouth. Fantastic properties in Bournemouth. You'd be the pride of owning one of those wonderful houses in Bournemouth that's going to make your family rich for generations. Who wouldn't want one of them? So John, do that. Why don't we do that? Let's have a look. Let's move on. Olatundi. Hi, David. I reside, I reside in Slough. What will your strategy be for the area? I'll tell you exactly what my strategy would be. Why can't I move the messages? There we are. Because uh, we've got friends in the deal packaging community who are actually working at this now. The wonderful Linda and Chloe O'Rourke, right at the start of their journey, but we are coaching them through it. So we are sourcing rent-to-rent for service accommodation. Sourcing rent-to-rent for service accommodation. We're not going to run rent-to-rent service accommodation. No, 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 no. That's not what we do, okay? But we source them. We build relationships with letting agents. And, you know, it's quick. It's quick. You don't have to go through the the legal process. You don't have to get mortgages in place. You don't have to do any of that, right? You just source properties that are appropriate. You've got to do the checks. We've got to be straight and legal about this, right? That's a longer conversation. But if you can find, start with a house. There's a clue there. Keep away from leases uh, of flats because I personally have read 33 leases of flats uh, because I want to do service accommodation in them and I haven't found one yet. So I've stopped, if I'm honest. I haven't found one where they would permit me to do short-term letting, holiday letting. Uh, so, Slough, I got distracted. I distracted myself all the time. Here's what you do. Work the letting agents. Find properties that are suitable for service accommodation. You could have five. You could have five by the end of next week. You could, if you go full on, if you put a gun to my head and say, David, go out and find some deals, I would come to Slough and I'd find five, five service accommodation units by the end of next week. There are loads of investors. There's loads of investors who see Rent to Rent to SA as their niche. They will want to work with you. You can sell them, five of them, five grand each, five, five, 25 grand next week. You want to earn 25 grand next week on the Tunde? You can do that. Why don't you do it? There you go. Uh, and that's real, you know. Um, Procati, let's have a look. Hi, David. I'm looking at Liverpool. Traditional house or modern flat? Um, I've got slightly unconventional view on Liverpool, Procati. I have. I think so. If you've got to go, I would go single let. And I would go traditional house or modern flat. Right, I wouldn't do anything complicated, okay? Because here's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing, and we nearly, really, we really need the advice of people on the spot, people that I trust, people like Tony Gargan, who is, uh, you know, doing a lot of investing in Liverpool, but she's a Liverpool girl. She knows her stuff. Here's what I'm hearing. Uh, too much multi-letting going on in Liverpool. Uh, I'm hearing that uh, occupancy rates are being challenged. I'm hearing that on the multi-let side of the thing, I'm talking HMOs, right? Certain lenders are just hesitating. They're just pulling back. You can still get 
Multi-debt finance in Liverpool, you can, right? But I'm hearing that lenders are getting a little bit cautious about it. And here's the thing about Liverpool, right? Because I worked in Manchester and I've got friends that work in Birmingham. Manchester and Birmingham are big, big towns, big cities, right? They are. Liverpool always feels like a small town to me, really. It's, it's not that big, you know? So it's different. It's different. It's, um, you know, Leeds is big. Sheffield... Sheffield is, is big-ish, right? But Liverpool, I would say, be careful. Uh, single lets, Brigatti, traditional house or modern flat, whichever one adds up, okay? Um, leases, leasehold flats, just be careful. Look at the lease, look at the service charge. Make sure, here's a tip. If you're going to buy a leasehold flat in a block, modern-ish, maybe bought, maybe built 2004, 5, 6, 7, there's a lot of them around. Uh, make sure you've got some owner occupiers living there. Yeah, so Progatti, have a look. Have a look at who's living in the flats. Why, why, why that, David? Because I saw a lot of flats, uh, flat developments around Manchester and M62 and into Liverpool built at that time, and they were bought by investors. So you get a lot of tenants living there. You know, there's a different feel. If you get owner occupiers, living in those flats in those buildings you know you get there's a love and tlc that you, you see that you don't get if you've got 50 flats all let out to tenants here's another issue if you've got absentee landlords so they're not there every day seeing the condition of the buildings and the common parts and stuff like that in my experience some of them will stop paying the service charges uh, that's a bad thing to do. Naughty, naughty investors, because what happens is then the management company of the block that's got to maintain the exterior and all the common parts has less money in the pot to do it. And it puts a heck of a lot of stress on the good landlords, the good investors who do pay their service charges. Uh, and I've seen developments go into a bit of a downward spiral. I've actually experienced this myself in developments in Manchester where I bought flats. So if you're going to buy flats, just make sure you've got owner-occupiers. You don't want to buy a flat in a building full of investment properties. Hope that helps. So what have I been doing this weekend? It's been a fantastic weekend. I did get out on the golf course. I did. I put, kept my sunscreen on. And I've spent a bit of time writing a, a couple of presentations. I've got a couple of brand-new presentations that I've got to put together. It's very difficult putting brand-new stuff together when you can't use any of your old stuff because i find with talks there are they sort of develop you know and you keep the old and you add in bits of new and it gradually as you find something that improves what you're doing you include that and it's an evolution not a revolution i've got i've had a revolution this weekend i had to put two brand new presentations together so uh, no doubt i'll inflict them on you all in due course john matthews good evening to you sir i'm in northampton fab Great place to invest. Invest. I've heard you are crushing it here. I wouldn't say crushing I wouldn't, myself. I wouldn't say crushing. We are active, definitely, John. But there's plenty of room there. Plenty of room. So Northampton is a great place to package deals. You've got every strategy open to you. Uh, you've got there. You've got a lovely sweet spot, John, of uh, yield. I'm talking single lets now, but we're not going to do single lets. We're talking uh, that lovely sweet spot of yield and capital growth, right? So there are towns, and I'll include Peterborough, uh, with Northampton, with Coventry, 
with parts of Birmingham. If you go out to Wolverhampton, if you go out to West Bromwich, Dudley, or Dudley, as they call it, uh, out that way, Leicester maybe, but they maybe. Leicester prices have gone up in Leicester the last couple of years. They have, you know, entry now for a Victorian terrace in good lettable condition down by the prison, down by the hospital in Leicester is into six figures probably. Decent house, right? Uh, so uh, Leicester's a bit to right. Northampton's what you're talking, what you want me to talk about. Northampton is great. You can serve investors by producing great yield and then getting capital growth as well. Now, if we can increase the yield by either multi-letting or going on Mr. Paneskis' course and learning everything you can about serviced accommodation, so you get a multi-let return in a single-let house, uh, that's a fabulous way to serve your investors, John. So what you need is a tip-top service accommodation operator who will work in Northampton. That is your biggest challenge. That is harder than finding the investors, and it's certainly harder than finding the deals. If you're going to package serviced accommodation, rent-to-rent, or the investor actually buying the property, right? you need someone who can operate there, the, the service common op- accommodation operator. I don't know who they're going to be. I don't know who you're going to talk to. Uh, the way I do it, and, and the community is really, really helpful and supportive, I, I would ask Mr. Paneskis, why not drop him a message or tag him in the forum? He'll know. Or go to one of the serviced accommodation forums online. Everyone in there, you probably know everyone, you know, some really familiar names in there. Uh, they might be able to help you as as well. So we have a couple with smiley face. Da, 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 da. You are welcome. Fab. Okay, so I hope that helped. Northampton works is what I'm saying. Northampton works. And here's another thing in Northampton. Where's he gone? John Matthews. Don't forget the shop thing. You know, don't forget the mixed-use properties. Because if it works in Brighton, it'll work in Northampton. I'll bet you've got areas that are very secondary tertiary shopping areas now where you could do something inciting with the empty retail unit on ground floor and the flats above. Okay? So, you know, that... That'll give you a little edge to get in there because you're going to find distressed individual landlords who own those properties. They'll do a deal with your investors. It's an easy payday for you, John. Absolutely, it is. Cool. So I'm coming to the end. Yeah, I think you're coming to the end. Um, thank you for listening to me. I've tried to help. I've just come on because I've tried to help. Thank you for all the smiley faces. And one cross face, don't know why he was cross or she was cross, but yeah, I've done my best. So I'm going to sign off now. Uh, Line of duty in a few minutes. I'll be inside with Mrs. S. Thank you so much for sharing a few minutes with me. I hope I've helped and I'll see you all very, very soon. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.